0: A pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Coles Brown, guest co-host Charles Edmund. Charles, it has been an eventful seven days. It's been an eventful morning, but just like coaches, of athletic teams you have to be able to overcome adversity and adjustments and we're going to talk about that on this week's (laughs) edition of the carlos brown show charles good morning how you doing sir
1: good morning i am well 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 i understand you're not doing well but you know what carlos this is why we love what we do it's the it's the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Seven days ago, I know we had technical issues, and I was in the same boat you were in. And here it is a week later. We beat McNeese, first time i have ever lost to a SWAC team, and disappointing loss by Southern University. I know you've got a lot to say, and I'm surprised and shocked as well. And I know the Jaguar Nation and SWAC fans are as well. So let's get right to it. Great lead in
0: because <laughs> – yeah, last week uh, technical issues and, and you know that that happens sometimes. And then I had a technical issue today. But guess what? You have to persevere, and that's what I'm going to attempt to do. You're all smiles. I'm semi-smiling. But let's let's get into it. Here's what's <laughs> trending on the Carlos Brown Show: Sun University women's and men's basketball teams, uh, the programs they've released their basketball schedules. And of course, non-conference. It is going to be some traveling, particularly for the women. They're going to start in Iowa. For the men, they're going to have a couple games at home, but then they're going to go on the West Coast, Nevada, Las Vegas, St. Mary's, and I'm missing somebody, Arizona, and then they'll, you know, mix in some home games. So we'll we'll put up the schedules next week, and um, also get coach Petaway to join us because i do believe the conference is getting ready to you know have their coaches media conference i did get a notification by the SWAC office so that's coming up so it'll be a perfect time to kind of get coach Petaway back in but that's trending congratulations i am going to congratulate some institutions on this week's (laughs) additional (laughs) round show tuskegee gets their 700 win in programs history They go on the road, 13 to 10, over West Alabama. Congratulations, Tuskegee Institute. We're not going to stop there. North Carolina Central, they upset the number 25th ranked team, New Hampshire, 45 to 27. And now, North Carolina Central is in the FCS Stats Performance National Poll. Know that coach, Trey Oliver, was on the staff at Southern University. So we give credit where credit is do Alcorn State or Allcorn State gets the first swag win in the history of the conference over McNeese, thirty to nineteen? I got a chance to uh, listen into the third and fourth quarter. I'll give a give a message to uh <laughs> your color analyst. I'm all right. I was all right because <laughs> uh, I, I I heard you guys talking about uh, Carlos is probably very disappointed. Yes, but now I'm a lot better, Charles, believe it or not. (laughs) So with that being said, those stories are trending. And then one more to add. Andre Dawson's HBCU baseball classic moves to Florida, home of the Jackie Robinson training complex. Now it's a a 6,500 stadium seating capacity. It has suites, hotels on the spot, they made the decision to move it. Maybe Michael Coker could be a guest next week as well. And kind of, I, I saw the article that uh, he produced for, uh, what is it? Oh, I, I, I'm I'm so upset. I can't remember the name. Um, baseball, baseball. <laughs> Black, college
1: Black College Black nine. College
0: Nines. And so, um, yeah, read the article. It's a, a a done deal. But he can give us the particulars on. How this came about, but um, they're moving to the state of Florida. And Charles, I saw the expression on your face, you don't like it. How huh? you can't, Charles, you can't be selfish. You can't be selfish. I know, selfish I know, reasons. I
1: know, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, it's just you know, we're trying to get New Orleans, trying to keep that thing going with the tournament coming back to New Orleans this year. And I really thought that was a really nice venue. You had UNO next door so you can kind of flip-flop games, but I, I get it. I mean, times change, attitudes change, things change. I get it, but I'm, I'm, I'm being selfish for selfish reasons. I like New Orleans, but, hey, if if, if we're going to be in Florida, you can't beat that either. So, hey, six and one, half a dozen in the other, I'll take it. Yeah,
0: and, and by the way, um, thoughts and prayers early for the state of Florida. No one was talking about hurricanes. You hadn't really had them in, in, in this region. Now forecast sometime Wednesday could be heading for the state of Florida. And, and, uh, Charles, I've been on the Gulf Coast all my life. You never get used to those storms. You you do have an advance warning, though. So our thoughts and prayers to the state of Florida coming up this week. It's going to be a crucial time, and uh, we'll keep eyes on the situation. Now, going to get into – Last week's ball game, Southern University defeated by Texas Southern twenty-four to zero. Now you're looking at well, first and foremost, let me stop right there. Let me congratulate the coaching staff, McKinney, the players, the institution. That's two years in a row, thirty-five to thirty-one, and then this year twenty-four to zero. When have you ever seen a coach do it? Led team not scoring any points, so we, we we got a lot of particulars to uh, get into with this this game last week, twenty four to zero. Uh, some of the notes that I just kind of jotted down uh, came out flat to me. No energy, and I'm not going to say the effort wasn't there, but sometimes when you don't have the energy, and I know it was a particular hot day, and I'm gonna go. Over some of the things that I saw on social media, some are just ridiculous. I said I was going to say silly, but ridiculous and silly. Charles, I'm going to get into that as as well. Um, If you look at the game, missed opportunities. I was looking at some of the stats, getting the red zones for Southern University, which sometimes I call the man zone, missed opportunities there. But now, let's just kind of go, and then we'll go into the stats. Let's so kind of, I, I, I kind of put down on paper some of the things that I saw, personal text message that I got asking what's going on. And Charles, you, you know, hey, raise your hand, jump in. I want your feedback as well. Did the LSU game play a part in the Texas Southern loss? I said no, and I used another word before then. I'm not going to use that. Bad word on the show. But no. Again, no energy was the first thing I noticed. And then Texas Southern, they open the kickoff, they go right down the field. Now, 21 to 0 at half, 14 to 0 after the first quarter, 21 to 0 at the half. The defense in the second half was much sharper. Much sharper. They only gave up three points. But, we, again, we go back to missed opportunities. Quarterback play. A lot of conversation about that. Coach Dooley uh, in the press conference said, basically, he had no thoughts of changing the quarterback. That in itself got people riled up. Now, if I was a coach, I, I would have went to Harold Blood. Bubba McDaniels. Got a lot of experience, something to kind of just kind of break up or get the tempo, the energy going up. Sometimes when you make a change, you know, it kind of fires the team up. But the quarterback needs to improve. Three picks, and then almost looking at it, it was almost that Coach Ronald was there last year because basically they turned into running, and we can look at, run to ratio a run to pass ratio with the uh, offensive plays. But it just seemed like to me, they were trying to run the football more than passing the football, but that's not a bad idea because Charles, if you look at it previously, the previous two weeks for Texas Southern, they gave up over 300 yards rushing the previous two weeks. So yeah, you would want to attack that the run defense. Then, uh, a lot of complaints about Sims didn't get as many carries. Jared Sims. And fans questioned the play calling. Just kind of some of the things that I put down on paper with some of the conversation. But yeah, a, a, a bad loss, but it's not the end of the football season. And now I'm going to get back to the social media reaction. And I know some people are going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but you know, constructive criticism is good. It's okay. But when you go off the deep end and just being silly about some things, there is a faction in the Jaguar nation, and I simply call them the Odom Disciples. They never have gotten over Coach Odoms. Yes, Charles, that's what I'm saying. They have never gotten over Odoms. They didn't want Coach Dooley to be head coach. But I'm of this philosophy. I'm supporting every head coach of the sport, no matter what, until until otherwise it dictates another response. Then there's a faction that I simply call him the celebrity coach crew. Southern loses this ball game 24 to zero. Ray Lewis, we should have gotten Ray Lewis. Really, really, Ray Lewis, not an ounce of coaching experience. He has football knowledge, he played. Ed Reed, unbelievable, a, a, a Louisiana native. No. now, and by the way, for those disciples, and I just call them that. Go look at Norfolk State's record right now, Al- albeit they played up like Southern did against LSU, and by the way, scored seventeen points. And then, Charles, some people will say, "Oh, okay, they scored against the second and third string." I don't give a doggone. That still, their second and third string players are equivalent and better. On the FCS level, and then of course, Jabbar Jaluk that was a name I heard over a hundred times. Guess what? Interview for Southern, played at Southern University, he's now making top dollar at the University of Florida. He had an opportunity, so guess what? To the oldest disciples, he's not coming back. Okay, get over it, support. Coach Dooley, and that's what I'm doing, Charles. You want to, and again, constructive criticism and your opinion. You can do that. I understand that. Another little example, Charles. Coach Odoms took over for Coach Stump Mitchell after a six-to-zero loss to Valley. You remember that? You remember it well, mm-hmm. right? Do you know what? Coach Odom's record was, after the season, four and five. But here's the most important thing. The next year, which was 2013, won a Southwestern Athletic Conference championship in football. So, and then last but not least, Players on social media, they, they're hearing all of this. They're hearing it. They're seeing it, what you're putting out there. And guess what? Not all of the Jaguar Nation, but those factions I talked about, shame on you. Shame on you. Now, Charles, Alcorn State, I remember talking to you. Stephen F. Austin had that game, lost it. Went to Tulane the next week. Tulane's not an LSU. They're not a North Carolina. They lost 52-0. Backs were against the wall. I told you, I liked Alcorn in that game because I know I have a, an acquaintance that's on the staff at McNeese, and it's they're really not the type of team that you're accustomed to seeing with McNeese. But Alcorn goes in there to take care of business. But my point is this. You, me and you talk. There are some fans. I talked to some Allcorn fans. It was doom and gloom. The sky is falling, and lo and behold, the next week they come up. Where are they? I, I, the noise is not that loud, but anyway, thank me for allowing me to rant on 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 this show.
1: <laughs> well, Carlos, you're you are uh, you are exactly right, and this is just. A byproduct, I think, of being a victim of your own success. If Coach Dooley had done what he did at Prairie View last year, coming in to Southern University this year, I think it wouldn't be quite as loud. But because of the fact that you know what he did in the second half against LSU, a lot of people felt very good about going to Arlington and beating Texas Southern. And the fact that they lost to Texas Southern for the second year in a row—number one, even though last year's under previous coach—and number two, you get shut out. And you, Carlos, you previewed it during the whole offseason, a basketball game on the football field. No one expected, not me, not anyone who follows this conference expected Southern to get shut out. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most, if I can use the word damning part about it all, if I could use that, if I could say that. That's probably what's what a lot of people are frustrated about because Eric Dooley is an offensive mind and you get shut out. So that, I get all of that. But this whole notion Mm -hmm. of it's time to make a change, you got all these names out there, you know, come on now. It's just one game, one conference game. It's not one conference game does not ruin the season. But I'm going to throw some stuff out there that I think you – and I'm sure fans keep up with the schedule, and I didn't really know what Southern schedule was going forward. Southern University has a very division-heavy schedule early on. You got Texas Southern, you got a bye week, you got Pine Bluff, you got Allcorn. Okay, when you lose a game in the division, it's like two losses. You lose out on all tiebreakers, so you've already lost to one team in the division. You definitely can't afford to lose another, which is Pine Bluff coming into Golden Line, uh, coming into Southern next week, and Allcorn the following week. You lose those two games, you can pull the plug. It's over because you're not going to be able to mm-hmm. overcome three losses in the division because then you lose out on all on tiebreakers with those teams. So is it early? Yes. But when you lose a division game, especially this early, it does get a little later earlier than you expect. So I, I looked at the stats, you know, McRae's first game sack four times, three interceptions, his third pass of the game was picked off. So again, mm-hmm. when you're looking at Eric Dooley, look at this off this offense, go back to his preview days. What is it about Dooley's offense, high reward, can score as many points as you want to score, but it's high risk. And you saw some of that in his first conference game. The three interceptions, the four sacks, the offensive line has to get it together. Yes, defensively, they held them in check in the second half, but was that a byproduct of the offensive struggles? You see that often, where your offense struggles so much, where your defense is on the field a lot. Maybe that was the case in the first half. That could very well have been the case. And that happens all over the place. So yes, it was a brutal loss. It was a bad loss. It was a tough loss. It was a difficult loss. But you have a bye week coming up. You're off this week. And I'm sure if you ask Coach Dooley sitting in his living room, would he like to play today? I'm sure he would say yes to get the bad taste out of his mouth to get that game behind him. But that's not the case. You gotta you gotta get it back together. You gotta put the band back together, and you got a pine bluff team coming in there next week. And this game here will be a buffer game to see how things go next week because if Pine Bluff rolls in here at 6 o'clock and beats the Braves, then that game is huge for Southern University. And, you know, we we were down 26-7 to 7 against Pine Bluff last year and had to rally and win 39-38. You got Skylar Perry, the senior quarterback for Pine Bluff, the most veteran quarterback in this conference. Um, it, it's going to be a tough challenge. It's going to be a lot of points scored tonight at 6 o'clock. But for the Jaguar Nation, I understand the frustration. I get it. But it's way too early to pull a plug on Dooley and his operation and everything. And as you mentioned, Carlos, as you mentioned, when Odoms took over for Stump Mitchell, it was a tough first year. Give him time. Have a little bit of patience. As Aaron Rodgers says, relax. And I do think Dooley will have it right. But it was a bad loss last week. There's no doubt about it. There's no sugarcoating it. As Mike Tomlin says, you got to wear it. You got to own it. And even seven days later, Carlos, I'm sure you, well, you just said it. And a lot of Jaguar Nation fans are still steaming and scorched about what happened last week.
0: Yeah. But the difference is, and, and, and you know, my history, I've been an emotional guy. And and and, and I, I understand it, that you're going to be emotional. But with that being said, I don't think I've ever just been ready. Ridiculous and have silly, uh, silly uh, comments. And some of, like I said earlier, some of the comments that I've seen and I've read, it lets me further know that those are the ones who never really signed on with Coach Dooley. And I'm still behind Coach Dooley. I was behind Coach Rollins. It didn't work out. I was behind Coach Odoms, and you and you knew the heat that I've taken about Coach Odoms. Uh, people thought that I didn't like him. No, I did like him. I just pointed out a fact. He finished second quite a few times to the school you're employed by, Allcorn State University. But we never said that person should be replaced. And so again, you can have your comments, your opinions, constructive criticism. Losing twenty-four to zero, you're right to be upset, angry. I heard the words embarrassed, but now we have to move on, and we really do. And and I guess the point yeah. that got me upset was, was because the players were, and one one player in particular said basically, okay. When we start, we get back on the right foot, you still stay over there. Those who, you know, were just – just their comments were just silly. Just yeah. silly. And, but, you know, and, I, I understand. At, hmm? Yeah. But look at, at corner. Right. But, 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 but Charles, okay. they had some – yeah, they had some – people was like, well, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Coach McNair you know what really that's silly as well how many championships how many division titles go ahead ahead, Charles
1: well well, that yeah that was that was my point I mean for six for a six-quarter span we were outscored 73 to three in a six-quarter span if you go the second half of Stephen F and then Tulane 73 to three in a six-quarter span uh and and yes there's a lot of venom spewed there as well. I mean, I was getting texts, I was getting calls and and a couple of people said, "Hey, I if, if there's a change made today, it wouldn't matter." And I'm I'm defending. I'm like, wow. "What about the 6 out of 7 division titles?" He said, "That that that moment, that cachet has been washed away." And I am like, "You, I, you know, I respectfully dis- disagree with it, but this is the world we're in right now, Carlos, and fandom, it's all about what have you done lately. It's not about what happened last week is about right here and right now in this period of time. So seven days ago, we were saying the same thing about our program and coach McNair after that 73 to three, you know, bad spurt that we were on. And so then we pick it up and we, and we get McNeese first time they've ever lost to a SWAC school. Yeah. We, you know, we, we won that game despite defensively losing one of our best players. He was ejected for targeting. He's going to miss the second half of the first half of this game you're going to miss again one of your best players for this game and cheer loose against UAPB. He's going to be out. Another one of our players on the back end on the defense is going to be out. So, you know, we're, we're going to be minus some key defensive pieces tonight, but yet we beat McNeese and that carried a long way. First time they've ever lost to a Swack school. So yes, in this fandom, this roller coaster ride that we call fandom, it's up today. It's down tomorrow. It's down tomorrow. It's up today. And, who knows what's going to happen come 10 o'clock when we look at these games today. So this is just – this is par for the course. Um, I get it. It's frustrating. It's maddening. But I just think at the end of the day, we just have to settle in and understand this is just the world that we live in nowadays. It's not about what you've done. It's duly first game in conference. He can score a million points, and he got shut out against Texas Southern. You know, I think that – and it was a tough loss. There's no question about it. I was shocked and surprised. You were shocked, surprised, and appalled by it. And I think appalled is about a kind of a word we can come up with right now. But, you know, that – you know, Southern just didn't, just didn't bring it early. I mean, in, in Texas Southern, just – you got to give them credit. And Coach McKinney was mm-hmm. very emotional after the game. I don't know if you saw the interview. He was in tears. You know, I mean – and I get it. You know, he's been taking a lot of darts and a lot of heat for a while. This is a big year for him you got a sophomore quarterback who's growing up every day, every practice, every game. Body's going to be good. And he showed some of that last Saturday. But Coach McKinney's been taking a lot of heat in that program. And for him to get that win and to hoist that trophy down there in Arlington was big for that program and big for him in his tenure. Now he's got a tough one today against Texas Antonio. That's one, you know, you start out on the wrong side of it, it's going to get out of hand on you. But for the moment – you know, he's he's on top of the Texas Southern Mountain at this point in time. And that's what fandom is all about. Texas Southern fans are celebrating and dancing in the streets. But it could be a whole other case in a couple of weeks. So we just have to ride the wave and understand that we have to come out every game and play your best and see what happens and see how it unfolds. But talking about Southern, your school, the Jaguar Nation, and I know many of them, it still stinks seven days later just like it stunk last week when we lost to Tulane in the way we lost. You just got to get pick yourself off the deck, bounce back, and we have a chance to do that today, and Southern has a chance to do that next week against UAPB.
0: Yeah, because it, – it, it, and I like to go back and look in history. I, I remember um, a few years ago, Southern was embarrassed. I, I want to say it's against Alcorn. But then they went to Prairie View had a week off to prepare and they won 38 to0 and they took two weeks of harsh criticism and I, and I understand again the Jaguar nation they're very you know vocal and they give their opinions but there's still plenty of football left you know I the scenario you laid out it's there you understand that but you got to win the week. You gotta take it one week at a time. They're off this week—a time to uh, self-reflect, and then and then get ready for Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, just from a quick sa- a statistical standpoint, uh, Southern University net yards rushing one hundred and eighty-nine, Texas Southern one hundred and sixty-six net yards passing, and I, I think that's where I was most shocked with. Net yards passing 163, Texas Southern 186. So total offensive yards, they were even, 352 apiece. Southern ran more plays, 70 to 66. I always like the look of that. Um, Time of possession, Texas Southern, a slight edge, 30 minutes and 22 seconds. Southern 29 and 28 seconds. Third down conversions, both teams were under 50%, 5 of 14, for uh, Southern, five of 13 for Texas Southern. 16,067, 667 was the attendance, very hot. I heard some uh, people got overcome by the heat. Someone asked me, was the heat a big factor because Southern was in the sunlight on their sideline? But you know how I answered that? The heat is the same the sun is out on both teams. It wasn't like the sun wasn't out when Texas Southern had the ball and it was it was shade and then Southern University was always sunlight. That that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Um Bashawn McCray, actually over fifty percent, eighteen of thirty. For 163 yards, uh three interceptions. He had the longest pass reception or pass play of twenties. Six yards. He also led Southern and Russian. 16 carries for 95 yards. But it was a missed opportunities in, in the red zone. And, and let me read that stat to you. I have it here somewhere. Because it's very, very important about what they were able to do with that. Red zone scoring chances. Southern was down there four times. So that's a possible 28 points at the most. You know, touchdown, extra point. They were zero and uh, four in their chances. Texas Southern was three out of four. Three touchdowns and one field goal. So Southern only gives up three points in the second half, but it just seemed like no energy, a step slow all game long. So now their backs are against the wall. But once again, you've got to, in my humble opinion, you support this program. You come out October the 1st against the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And you come out and and cheer this team on. So that's what happened with Southern University. But I just kind of wanted to kind of talk about just some of the things that I saw, my comments on, on the football game as well. And I even put them in notes right here, exclamation point. Four and five. After Coach Mitchell, he got let go, and then the next year, they won a championship. And then, matter of fact, the next year, two thousand and fourteen, they went again. And then, Alcorn State defeated them in the SWAC football championship. So things can can get better. Things can change. I understand you're shocked, embarrassed, but let, 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 let's move on. And. Um, For the the coaching crew, the celebrity coaching crew, I invite you to get on board. And if you're not, think about the student-athletes, the players. You know, when you you, you say things like that, that disrespects the coaching staff and that disrespects the student-athletes. Southern uh, uh, Jaguar Nation, some of you, I'm not talking about all, you're better than that. You really are. And for those who just said when the program, when Odoms left, that was it. Hey, Odoms has moved on. Southern move on. He's not coming back. If you can't make positive comments, then just be silent. Don't say anything. What was the old saying, Charles? Your parents told you, if you can't say anything nice, don't say nothing at all. But in the same yeah. token, I understand you You have opinions and constructive criticism. That is important. That is important. It's just when you go off the rail with some of these comments, uh, then
1: you're silly. Well, We're in a different world, Carlos, when it comes to coaches and coaching. These coaches are making a lot more money than they used to. These programs throughout the league are getting better quicker. I mean, what Coach Sanders has done at Jackson State, you know he started out hot in his first season he fizzled at the end but he brought the talent in and you see what he's doing right now it's still yet to be determined how things will go in the future i just think it's a whole different mindset nowadays where coaches are kind of required to get off the get off the dole early on there's no grace period there's no and i text you what about the honeymoon period is there such a thing as a honeymoon period in coaching nowadays apparently not apparently not and i think a lot of it is because of the programs in Proving quicker than you might think. It's also because of the money. These coaches are making pretty decent salaries. You know what Coach Sanders is making. He gets a portion of ticket sales, Coach Dooley's salary, and and others, you know, Willie Simmons. Well, the, so it's, I,
0: well, well, the head coaches are, are, are doing he, much he better. the head coach? I'm sorry. Yeah, and the coordinators, but the position coaches, <laughs> I'm still well, fighting
1: for them on that. Correct, right. But I, I think fans are talking about the head coach. They're talking about the head honcho. I think, you know, we we kind of talk about the lower levels of the atmosphere, the mid levels, but most fans think of only one coach, the head coach. How much is the head coach making is responsible for the head the head coach is responsible for getting quality assistance and all of that. But fans are pointing at one guy, Eric Dooley. Fans are looking at one guy, Fred McNair. Fans are looking at one guy, Willie Simmons. They're not looking at the coordinators and all those other coaches. They're looking at the head coach has got to get it together. So there's pressure on head coaches to get it going right away. And because of Dooley's success, people assumed that that would translate over in the week one, especially in conference. Now we knew Florida Memorial, they could score as many points as they wanted to score, and they did. Then against LSU, yeah, they showed up in the second half and play with a lot of heart and grit, but nobody expected a coach Dooley coach team to get shut out in his first conference game. Uh, and so I think that's still smarting a lot of people. And look, you got to get it together because again, it's it's early, but it's starting to get late. You can't afford to lose a game like that this early because now all of a sudden you got to reel off two or three in a row to get back on track. It's not going to be easy with UAPB or Alcorn. It's one thing if Southern played Valley, and I'm not saying Valley using Valley. Let's use another one: Bethune-Cookman or a team from the East. Okay. But when you've got this division-heavy schedule that Southern has early, their first Eastern Division opponent is what Jackson State at the end of October. Then you've got Valley, and, and then you got. And Florida, that's not easy. No, I mean it's it's mm. not easy. What I'm saying is that when you're when you're beating your division rivals, it helps you. But when you lose to your division rivals, as we've said, it's like two losses. So now you use the teams in the East, even though it counts the same you kind of use that as a little bit of leverage. But when you're playing a division-heavy schedule early like Southern is, like all is playing Valley in two weeks, it still counts. It still has a lot of weight, but it's against uh-huh. an Eastern division team. You see what I'm saying? So it's a little bit different. So when you win that game, you got a leg up. When you lose that game, it's like you're two you're two pieces behind. And that's where Southern is right now. They can't afford to drop another game. They They can't. Because even though 80 drew, 80 drew said this, he predicted that the Western Division winner could have three losses, could be. But if you lose three games in your own division, you're probably not going to get there, because you lose out on all the tiebreakers. So all I'm saying is, there's a lot of football left. You said it, but it, it's it's starting to get a little late though too, because you got two big division games at home coming up following a bye week. If you can't get it going, then it's probably not going to happen for you. There's just, and I would say that with any team, not just Southern. I would say it with all or any other team at this point. If you can't get it going after a bye week and two home games, probably not going to happen. So this is a big, you know, two or three week stretch for Southern.
0: And that is why you've played one game of the week. Win the week, then you focus on the next one. If I'm sitting here worrying about, and, and I understand your point. Two or three weeks from now, then you lose another one. It don't matter. It don't matter when the next two two weeks, and, and then just like let's say Alcorn, favorite to win tonight, they win. Then they come back to Baton Rouge, and then they lose to to, to Southern. So I understand your point. As I lose my headphones here, um, but at, at this point, you got to take it one game. At, at, at a time, and I'm looking at the long term. How will Southern University develop in the long term? You still have short-term goals, but by no way. You give up just no. because you, you you lost to uh, uh, Texas Southern. So once again, congratulations to Texas Southern. I did that before I started my rant, congratulating them again. They may go on and win three games. They may win one more game after this. But on last Saturday, Texas Southern was the better team. Going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll kind of get into the SWAC conference play games last week. A lot of teams uh, in the last couple of weeks have played up. Now it's, it's conference uh, games here on out, basically. So we'll see what happens um, then we'll take a, a look at uh, this week's games, which Saturday, I believe one has already started, Graham Stadium, but we will cook, and then uh, B.J. Jones will join us at about twelve fifteen ish Central Standard Time, uh, one fifteen uh, Eastern Standard Time. We'll get his thoughts on what's been going on in the southwestern athletic conference i'm sure he's going to weigh in on on the southern and and texas southern situation but um hey congrats to north carolina central beating new hampshire that's a big win you you win out of conference alcorn state you win out of conference and then tuskegee 700 wins don't matter what level you're on that's a lot of victories so congratulations to Tuskegee university Take a time out. You're watching the Colos Brown show on the black college sports network. One bite of a hundred percent Angus beach ballpark. Frank, and you'll say
2: hello summer. Oh yeah. It's ballpark season. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before.
0: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Gaville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed.
2: Nope.
1: Nope. You want him?
2: Ooh, I like him. <laughs> The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an 8.
1: He's a 9.
2: Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's never too early
1: to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones hbcu pride and joy children's boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at hbcu pride joy on facebook and twitter
0: This week's edition of the Coles Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. How ironic. That's on we are one. And yes, we are one. Um during the break,
2: Until you said lose. you've
0: been knowing. <laughs> yeah, well. No, but still you gotta <laughs> <come> <laughs> adversity. You know, and, and no one likes to lose, but sometimes losing helps you. You know, a, a loss like this with Southern University twenty four to, to zero, yeah, you got some. And and again, let me refer back. It's I'm not talking about all the Jaguar Nation. And you ask me, am I really over it? Yes, I really am. Because you know what? I had a talk with my best friend even before the game, and his expectation was this. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but. Kind of a transition year, he thought the better year would be next year, and so I thought about that that night after the game. I'm like, you know, hey, still you still support because again, you can't you gotta support because after every loss, if people jump and ship, and I've got some text messages about uh, now about people jumping ship, let them jump. I wouldn't give them a life. Lifeboat either. I wouldn't give him a, a, a life jacket because if you want to jump off after one doggone game, who needs you? <clears throat> As I choke up on that one. But anyway, I'm through with that. I got that off my chest. Jaguars now one and two, zero and one in conference play, and and I guess Charles, uh, even some grandma State fans are uh, very unhappy. You know, I've heard some conversation about this Hugh Jackson, the guy. But again, you've got to let it play out. And why I'm saying that? Last week, they were only down 21 to 17, and um, final score last Saturday, 66 to 24. Charles, so 66 points. <laughs> excuse me, Grambling gives up. And now they have to refocus, and now they have Bethune Cookman. Two or three losses, then I'm very concerned. One loss, I don't like it, but hey, you, you gotta mentally get past that and look for it. Because if not, you're still thinking about last week, you're gonna you you could fall to defeat this week. But 66-24, yep. to Jackson State over Grammar State. Jackson State is clearly, clearly, without a doubt, no debate, so far, the best team in the conference and debatable, one of the better teams in F in, in, in the FCS.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly that offense is, is, is humming along. Um, you know, I give Gramlin credit for a good first half last week. I mean, they had, they had Jackson state on the ropes and this whole thing of coach Sanders dominant, you know, his, his word all year is dominate domination. He said it at media day and, uh, his team was not at its best in the first half, but they dominated the second half. So I don't know what woke them up. Um, I mean, I, so I give Grambling credit for a good first half. Uh, but, it, but if you just if you just compress this for Jackson State, go back to Tennessee State in a low-scoring game, go back to the first half against uh, against you know, Grambling last week, could this be some chinks in the armor a little bit? I mean, something you can learn from going forward. They've got Valley today coming up in the next 48 minutes. Um, I, I think for Valley, they're going to have to score some points. Um Clearly, that defense has got to get better. They, they did improve from from last week's game against Delta State. I think they found them a quarterback, and we'll see. But clearly, Jackson State is probably the better team. And, you know, if, if, if they start out fast, I think it's going to be tough for Valley. But for Jackson State, yeah, I mean, they look really good. But the last couple of games, you know, they won. And so it, we'll see what adjustments teams make based on this last couple of films against uh, Tennessee State and against Grambling, especially the first half, because Grambling had Jackson on skates a little bit in the first half. Not, not saying Jackson's going to dominate, but there are some things to kind of talk about, and Coach Sanders, I'm sure, talked about that with his team. So we'll see how his team responds today. We'll see how Valley responds. I think it'll be a good game.
0: Elsewhere in the conference, Austin P over Alabama AM 28-3. I guess the Alabama AM natives are restless, but still <laughs> football. There's still plenty of football left to be played. Of course, we talked about it. Texas Southern over Southern, 24-0. Oklahoma State, 63. Pine Bluff 7. You're playing a you're playing a big school. It is what it is. Um, it, it, it was a, uh, good payday for them. And you remember last week, uh, coach Sanders kind of, you know, got stuff off of his chest about the, the paydays, you know, a lot of these teams are playing. Oh, he did give uh, Southern university credit for getting 760,000, but you know how I feel about those games. If it was up to me, you get one every four or five years, but, I'm in the minority on that because they got to make their budget. Um, But anyway, Delta state over Valley 28 to 17, you know, every year we hear they're going to be tough. They're going to make some noise in the conference. A lot of people uh, feel that way. I just felt looking at this team, they could be a better team, but the record would not reflect that. And so far it seems like I'm right, but you know, every week people say, how you know, they're, you're going to be in a tough game with Valley, and that has proven to be be the case. But uh, they drop a, another decision, 28 to 17, to Delta State. And coordinate word. 31 Prayer View 14 Prairie View. No one really is talking about them, but they're they're still very relevant in the Western Division race. And then, of course, Alcorn State over McNeese State. Uh, 30 to 19, and we, we talked a little bit about that, Charles. Um, um, although McNeese State is rebuilding that program, they've had a lot of hardships, still a quality win. Because, hey, Alcorn's objective is to go in and win the football game. You know, I, I understand that they're rebuilding. They've had a lot of uh, troubles with hurricanes hitting the, the field. A lot of the kids transferred out, southern has the pleasure of having two that transferred out of McNeese on their team that play uh, very relevant roles. But uh, a very good win for Alcorn State, and it breaks the SWAC winless streak against McNeese State. And to be true for Wichita, Charles, Alcorn State could actually have two of those victories because they had Stephen F. Austin,
1: and they just couldn't close. No, they could not close against Stephen F., and it was kind of a tussle in the second half against McNeese. I mean, it was 21 nothing, then 21-3. Then we get one of our best players ejected for targeting. We already lost one other guy, our best defensive player. Then another defensive player goes down. But our defense stepped up, Carlos, 10 sacks. We only had 12 all of last year. Had 10 sacks against uh, McNeese. And that that speaks volumes probably more than anything. You get 10 sacks against any opponent, That's that's huge. But you're playing a quality FCS opponent. You get 10 sacks. That defensive line was just hitting, 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 and they they got to their quarterback, and they were they were something special last week. And if that's if that's where this defense is going going forward, I think it's going to be a long a long day for Skylar Perry tonight. Um, so we'll we'll see if we can build on that. Um, our special teams was better. Um, our kicker Keani, who will be our pregame show guest, had three field goals: 21, 28, and and 32 yards, those nine points were really huge in the grand scheme of momentum in the game last week. And so that was an issue against Stephen F. Austin, short kicks. That's the first time he had really punted the football since high school. So, you know, our our, our kicker that we were depending on, a kid from Southern Utah transfer, probably will, well, not probably, definitely, as Coach McNair indicated this past Monday night, will not be cleared. He will not be a part of the roster so Keanu will do all the kicking with the exception of kickoffs. So we'll see how that plays out during the course of the year, but a good win for the Braves. There's no question about it. People are excited, you know, here high school day, Pine Bluff rolling in here. I think it's going to be a, an exciting game. It's going to be a high scoring game. I think people will get their money's worth uh, because of the game last year. And I expect a similar type of game here tonight. So, you know, the ebbs and flows, you know, the thrill of victory, okay. the agony of defeat. We, we got a victory last week. Now, we're in the same boat that Southern was in last week, playing a division opponent, a conference opponent, and who knows what's going to happen at six o'clock. We hope a win, you know, before our bye week. We're kind of in the same boat as Southern. Southern's got their bye week this week; ours is next week. So, uh, you know, we, I might be crying and fussing next week as as we sit here and talk. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it could very well be, Carlos. I mean, let's not let. I mean, I hope not. I hope I'm smiling this time next week, but. If, if what we're seeing already in the conference, let's just look at the games in the conference that have been played so far. Jackson State throttles Florida and m Who would have expected that? Grambling plays a good first half against Jackson State. Who would have expected that? Southern gets shut out in their first game with Coach Dooley in the conference. Who would have thought that? If this is what we're going to see, if this if we're going to have this many hair-pulling moments Early in this conference season, because there's only been a handful of games that have been played in conference. You know, uh, beat right. Texas Labor Day. Yeah, this t- today's gonna really be a, a conversation piece. A bunch of games, uh, you know, Grambling Bethune, Grambling loses that game. Um, uh, you know, QQ Jackson's gonna be feeling it a little bit. So, hey. If this is what we're going to see, then it's going to be a lot to cuss and discuss and laugh and cry about as we get through the course of the season. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. But good win for the Braves. Let's see if they can build on it here at home against Pine Bluff. Could be a
0: wild, wild conference race. If based on what's going on or what has gone on early on in the conference race. Saturday, September 24th, which is the day. Mississippi Valley State, of course, at Jackson State, 1 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. And look, I know what 1 p.m. as far as temperature-wise in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mississippi is not separate from the Gulf South. It's hot. I read about fans falling out, uh, the, the lack of, of water. Coach Sanders comments uh, calling out Grambling's uh, fan base. Let me tell you something. And he has stated that college football was made to be played at 1 p.m. That's tough. That's tough. So, And and then his point was, well, you know, Jackson State is trained in it all, uh, you know, fall camp. But direct sunlight, just remember that, direct sunlight makes the body temperature go up even quicker than, say, just if you're sitting on the side where it's not direct sunlight, but it's still 96 degrees, whatever the humidity is, and the heat index, but that direct sunlight. Another example, like if if you're at work and your car is parked outside and it's in a direct sunlight, what happens if you're not careful when you put your hand on the uh, the handles to open it and the steering wheel? It's super hot. Super hot, so just be careful And look, I'm just going to say this Since I've been very outspoken So far on this show um, Coach Sanders' contract He gets um Incentives for large Crowds, right My thing would have been This, I wouldn't have called out Grambling State uh, Fans, I would have kind of did You know, my research and find out You know what, what was going on? Because, again, it's brutally hot. And if you're in your 20s, and then you have some people in their 40s, 50s trying to sit, you see where I'm going? No, nah, no. Nah. Grandma State fans, don't don't take that. Take, I mean, they took it the wrong way, but uh, it's
1: pretty hot at 1 p.m. I, yeah. I'm going to be honest with it you. It is. It is, and, and let's 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 be honest too. When it comes to swag fans and the weather and swag football, you know if it's swag fans and heat don't mix. Football fans, swag fans and heat don't mix in terms of getting a big crowd. Swag fans, football and cold weather don't mix. We've seen we've seen the attendance when it's too hot, when it's too cold. Perfect would be seventy-five degrees and mostly sunny. You're insured a really good crowd that particular not happen. but that's not, the, yeah. right. It, it's not. Not it's this not. time of year. So yeah. Right. And so I'm, I'm looking at some of the Facebook posts. Some of our fans are just blessed and pleased based on what happened in Jackson last week and the water situation, all that, the fact that we're playing at six o'clock and we have had a traditional of playing early September games at home at six o'clock. We'll start playing the two o'clock games on our next home game, homecoming. Uh, the temperature will be a lot more pleasant, a lot cooler at that, that time. That
0: that makes sense, Charles. Now, Jackson yes. State can, can do what they want to as far as playing at 1, 1 p.m. But now, Grandma State, we mentioned Grandma State fans had to adjust to or had a hard time, but also from reports, Jackson State fans. So, once yeah. again, it, it, it's not hot for one fan base in the stadium, and it's, it's right. 10 degrees cooler. So, I just think you have to use good judgment. I prefer right. nighttime games anyway. So you right. know, cold weather—that's that's that's another issue. And then rain—you know—I understand all that. But come on, 1 p.m. in September, August—that's just—that's brutal. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's you know for for Jackson. I think you know it. it the reason why, and I I just had to think about it does Jackson usually play games in the daytime home games at this early part of the season? I'm going to say no. Um, I I don't know the conversations that were had in the off season about playing those games in the daytime, you know, could be a a security issue, could, you know, trying to get all your resources, you know, together, spread them out. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, we're just having a conversation, but
0: I can answer it, Charles. Coach Sanders said he college football has been meant to be played at 1 p.m. So he has a lot of influence. 1 p.m. Now, people that are listening and watching Jackson State fans tell me if I'm wrong. I'll admit I'm wrong, but I know traditionally uh, I can remember one game being played at 4 p.m. Southern Jackson State. Then uh, it was an afternoon game. um, But. To me, and I've talked to Charles Bishop, ideally it's perfect for Southern and Jackson State to play in the evening, but Jackson State has a right to choose whatever time they want to play in. Southern will be there at 1 p.m. So apparently to me, Charles, they've decided the administration, along with a slight nudging with Coach Sanders, that they're going to play home games at 1 1
1: p.m. And I remember some 2 p.m. games. Well, I I give, I give JSU fans credit. I mean, they had about 40,000. I kind of, if if someone asked me last week what I thought the attendance would be for this game against Grambling, I would have said about 40, you know, just the social media chatter, you kind of felt like it would be 40,000 in the house and even coach Sanders, he even, you know, he was disappointed in the seven road games, but he was kind of, you know, he did the pen, the paper thing on me at media day. And he kind of planted 40,000 in his head. I think he, Just assumes that there should be no less than forty thousand at memorial for every home game. Some a lot more than that. Um, You know, yet three games last year they had fifty. Yet two they had sixty. So I mean I get it, but I think he thinks just not speaking for him. Just my guess is that he probably thinks that there should be at least forty thousand for every home game. And what the, the the pictures that I saw last week indicated there was a lot of red there. There's was only about 40,000 there, and I think that's a really good crowd for a 1 o'clock day where the heat index was probably at 100-plus. I thought it was a really good crowd because, I mean, I can say this because I'm a Gramlin Knight and because it's a fact, Grambling fans just don't travel like that. They just don't. Mm-hmm. The Bayou Classic, I mean, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Grambling's my school. They're my alma mater, but Grambling fans don't travel like that. Even Alcorn, which is two hours away, They'll, they'll show up for that if if it's a meaningful game in terms of the division standings or something like that. But they just don't show up and show out like that unless it's the Bayou Classic. That's just, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering how many Grambling fans are in Daytona today. I just, my guess is not very many, but they yeah, just don't travel trip. like that. That's a long trip. Mm-hmm. Unless, the, you know, the Daytona chapter, if there's a Grambling chapter in Daytona or Tampa or whatever the case, I don't know. But they just don't travel like that. And that's that's the case for quite a few of our programs. I mean, I hate to call out my own school, but that's – I mean, there are a few schools in this league like that too, by the way. They're just Their fans just don't – trap. they just don't do it like that. And we know the ones that do. We know the ones that don't. And so, Grambling, I hate to say it, but they're in that category of don't. So, I, I think when you look at that, you know, for 40,000 to be there at Memorial Stadium last week in the heat and everything that was going on, that is – that's outstanding. And uh, we'll see. You know, I'm sure a lot of Valley folks will be there. I'm sure there will probably be 40,000. It's an in-state rival. I'm sure there will be a lot of folks there, probably about the same crowd, maybe a few more since Jackson State's really playing well.
0: Well, and then, too, yeah, Jackson State's playing very well. And then when you're winning, you you get the best of everything. You know, people want to be involved with your program. They want to come to – to the games, but I, I'm, I'm just disappointed. My opinion, just disappointed that, you know, you would call out grandma state fans. And, and, and like Chuck says in the, um, in, in the comment section, you have uh older individuals, some younger with health issues. So, you know, I, I just wouldn't have worded it that way. You know, let, let, let me find out what was going on. Cause I don't know if he knew, during the game that people were succumbing to the heat and it's just a better way. Maybe, maybe I'm in my middle age years, I'm softening up, you know, because at one point I would be like, Oh yeah, you got to be there. If you're not. And Charles, I'm not going to call out grandma state fans about, you know, do they travel or not? I know one school that travels with power five schools as far, and we know who that is. You know, I don't have to say it, you know, but yeah. uh, Golden Blue, um, and, yeah. and uh, Jack State fans travel well, right? Yeah,
1: and now I'm let, basing let, that,
0: on Celebration Bowl,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. And and, and and let me say, and I said this about Coach Sanders when he first took the job, and as you heard at different interviews and just his platforms, mm-hmm. Coach Sanders is is going to tell you what's on his mind in real time, and so whatever's mm-hmm. on his mind, whenever that mic is in front of him he's going to let it out. You know, from the first game against Edward Waters, we know how that, you know, the first thing he he says, you know, something coming up missing in the locker room, that was his first game, Edward Waters. So that tells you right there that whatever's on his mind, good, bad, or otherwise, he's going to let you know. And so that was on his mind at that time and he, and he said it. And so you take it for what it, you know, for what it is, you know, the comments he made at halftime about playing down to a, to to swag school HBC whatever that was that got a lot of social media comments as well, Um, so it's it's you know he his cl- mind. and clicks and clicks and, correct and clicks stalls right. and right. clicks
0: and that drives money even when you know I can get up I can get up here and, and just say just all kind of stuff I, whether I mean it or not. Right, I don't know, but I can say certain right. things just to get to come. That's called sensationalism, right? And have I been guilty of that before in the past in my younger days? No, I haven't, because I did mean <laughs> what I said. But right, but people use sensationalism, and what does that mean? I if I say something to get people excited, whether they agree or not. They're going to tune in. I had a television show locally one time, and the lady called up during the break and complained about, oh, he talks too much. He He's too outspoken. I don't like when he talks like that. So the producer said, just simply turn the channel. Don't watch. Yeah. And guess right. what she said? And this is what he told me. He said, the lady said, but I can't. I can't turn him off. I got to see what he's going <laughs> to say next.
1: Yeah. So, and, I mean, and so that, so, so for coach Sanders, that's just what, the way he is. That's how he's wired since the, since day one at Jackson state, do you believe the press conference, everything. So this is who he is. Yeah. People are going to be on the edge of their seats saying to themselves, what is he going to say next? So we'll, we'll see what he's going to say next. Come halftime of this game against Mississippi Valley. The game's going to start in 30 minutes. So that's that's kind of where he is. That's kind of what he's about. So I'm not surprised. You know, I'm not surprised at it at all because that's who he's been since day one. And he's not going to change. He's just not. And that's, you 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 take him or leave him. And so that's just where it is.
0: Until he's not at Jackson State anymore. <laughs>
1: and, that,
0: and that has been uh, talked about in some rumors. But guess what? i tell you one thing. He has. I wonder if he's part of the celebration, coaching celebration crew I talked about in hour number one. Does he have a mole (laughs) inside there? Because (laughs) just because you played, but now I'll give him one thing. He always tinkers with his staff and he's got a great staff around him, right? Yeah. And I think, but I think every coach wants that. They don't want. Yes, men and yes, women on the staff. That you know everything. I want someone to come up with ideas and say, "Look, Coach, Coach Brown, I I really believe we need to try this. We make adjustments at halftime. We make adjustments during first quarter. I got coaches up in the booth, but you said it. That's the way he is. grandma State at Bethune Cookman, one p.m. ESPN plus, of course, Mississippi Valley State and Jackson State." On ESPN Plus, Texas Southern at University of Texas San Antonio at 2 30 p.m., Alabama AM at Florida AM. Probably the game of the week in the conference. You agree, disagree, but that's on ESPN Plus. I'll check that one out. Fam, you Willie Simmons. Now, one thing about Coach Simmons, and here we're going back to this theme again, I have not seen or heard that people are dissatisfied. With him after that Jackson State game, maybe they were, but I didn't see people saying off with Willie Simmons head.
1: No. No? I, no. I,
0: again, I'm going back to, we, we just got to be consistent and balanced with all of this. Purview at Alabama State on Bounce TV, 5 p.m. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alcorn State, 6 p.m. HBCU go. Um HBCU go. I've been I've been liking the production, the announcers, Charlie Neal. I can never remember the analysts. But uh, I have several yeah. ways to watch that in Baton Rouge. So I've been very pleased with that.
1: Well, speaking of Charlie Neal, I'll be talking with him at halftime, uh, just talking about this new endeavor, you know, Byron Allen's group. I got an interview with Byron Allen in a couple of weeks, by the way. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, just his his thoughts and his vision on that. I would you know, they're set up outside the stadium and they're just not online. They're streaming in, in several TV markets, big markets. And yes. so uh-huh. um, I, I think that's, you know, it's a big time production. When you look at their production setup, the truck and all, it's not small time, it's big time. So uh, I hope folks get a chance to enjoy it, whether online or on, on linear TV. And I've got a chance to talk with Charlie Neal, you know, he's been doing this thing for 40 years. And he's still rolling on along so I'm, I'm really looking forward to you know getting his thoughts on this whole HBCU you know this perceived super conference and the SWAC and whether because Charlie Neal lives on the east coast so he's kind of even though he does SWAC stuff he's based in the he's, he's based in MEAC territory so I want to get his thoughts on uh, the MEAC where it is now where do you see it going because this talk of this perceived super conference and you know where the MiAC is and teams leaving, teams might be coming in. So I want to get his thoughts on all of that. He had been here in a long, long time. He, he referenced Marino cassum as head coach here at All Corner last yeah. time he was on this campus. So that's a long that's 30 years ago. So just 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 looking forward to just getting his thoughts on this whole HBCU football dynamic. Yeah, he's an iconic
0: uh sports announcer and uh, I'm still blessed to still blessed to have him here in the physical realm, um, but I, I'll be tuning in. I'll be going back and forth, but uh, uh, that's the games, upcoming games for Saturday, September the Um uh, We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, Charles. We'll get your picks, um, and I'll throw in my picks as, as well on those, on those games. So you're watching the Carlos Brown Show. On the Black College Sports Network, we shall return.
2: This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and adds a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past
1: and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is
2: made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching to get involved with programs volunteer or donate visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org follow us on social media facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowerment j a x from novice to aficionado find yourself here high quality cigars plus personal customer service Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. supermarket sushi really no wait Troy you work
1: here I'm never not working like head and shoulder scalp shield technology up to 100% dandruff protection even between washes never not working huh
2: oh Troy you're such a good teacher yeah I know (laughs) never not working never not working never ever not working are you serious never not working Standard protection that's never not working. Head and Shoulder Scalp Shield Technology.
0: Give me that old Southern spirit. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, welcome back <laughs> to the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. You know, doing commercial breaks and, and doing the show, I, I kind of like the look and I, and I can't kind of get involved with everybody's comments, but I, I like a comment here. And, and, and this person's not a Southern knight, he's an Alcorn knight. Michael Jones. And um, it's interesting. Michael's outspoken as well. He says, JSU got everyone spooked and want people to fire coaches. Excuse me, I'm choked up again. Now, some people might say, well, what is that? What is he talking about? But he's done well last year, off to a great start this year, albeit the spring season, you know, his technical Technically his first games, you remember they, they got on the win streak and then they went on a, on the losing streak. So I, I think that's what he's talking about. And and I, I think it's some validity to that, because it's the old phrase, trying to what, Charles, keep up with the Joneses? Yeah. This person, this universe is doing this, they're having success, then we must keep up with that university. But I say still, not so fast. Because that is in the now. But I always look at things in the overall perspective. Had had Jackson State had success before Coach Sanders? Yes. From a historical standpoint? Yes. Some great coaches. The fan base has always been great. Really great. Have they had success with Coach Sanders? Yes. That's a fact. But what happens? What happens with success? What happens if he gets offers? And, and you've heard the uh, the rumors and the conversations about Georgia Tech, Arizona State, Coach Herm Edwards. Uh, boy, look how he was told he was getting out of there. And then some people on his staff trying to help to his demise. Shameful, shameful. So if that happens, if it's me, I'm saying, well, he got us a championship, maybe two. He left the program in in a better state than he found it, right? And so you accept that. But but I'm I'm going to bet you that if that if that day happens, you're going to have some Jackson State fans thinking it's the end of the program. No, it's not. You have a history. And by the way, Mike says he's worried about the game today with um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and also going to the hole and, and grammar that historically has been tough for all corn yep. to say. So you're on top now. Consistency, once again, is what you want, and not too many lows. You want more highs than than lows.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, it is – I mean, we are copycat league and everyone's trying to do what everyone else is doing. So you look at what Coach Sanders has done. Look at the aesthetics of the program now compared to when he walked in the door. New, Basically a brand-new meeting facility, turf field, mm-hmm. uh, sand pit. Uh, he put his own money in to finish up a, a, a meeting room project. And then with that, he was already getting the four stars and occasional five stars. So now you, you you look at that program and that facility. It's it's a showpiece ready situation where now you can get more fours and more fives and more talent in there. So that that and he's doing it in a very quick period of time, in, in rapid succession. And so that's what's got people spooked. Now not everyone can do it that fast. Not not everyone can do it at all. And so I think that's what's got a lot of people spooked. Because of the fact that their programs are on the, the only thing that's left, Carlos, is the whole Memorial Stadium situation. They're playing right now in a sixty thousand seat stadium, which a lot of FBS programs on the lower tiers would love to be able to have something like that. Um, you know, we don't know what the future of Memorial is. That that stadium is sitting on a piece of property owned by the University of Mississippi Medical Center. In case for those who might not know, and the medical center wants to build research facilities on that property. But they can't do it until jackson state gets their own stadium whenever that happens the state has put 40 million dollars in an account for them to do whatever they want whether it's towards a new stadium whatever the case so that's the only thing left as far as aesthetics everything else i mean maybe an indoor practice facility which is which i've heard is probably coming somewhere down the route somewhere probably in the near term that may be coming i don't know but i've heard that it's coming so you look at the program you look at the aesthetics you look at the fact that they're winning. Okay. They won the West. I mean, they won the East. They didn't win the celebration bowl. So the only thing left is what another swag title, you win celebration, you go to the playoffs and make a little noise. What else is left? I mean, he would have checked off all the boxes
0: left for Sanders is what you're talking
1: about. Yeah. Yeah. Left. Yeah. In terms of his tenure there, if he does that, the aesthetics are in place. A new stadium could be coming online, who knows. But you get all of those things, you show off your university, you show off your athletic department, and he gets a better offer. You know, I, I heard someone say that maybe Auburn, you know, I ran to a guy in the parking lot in the grocery store the other day. Auburn University, their head coach is in battle. This guy's an old Miss grad, by the way. Uh, Lane Kiffin's name's been mentioned at Auburn. If he leaves to go to Auburn, and I asked the guy directly, I know him well. I said, Would you hire Deion Sanders at old miss? Uh, he didn't answer the question. But 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 <sighs> but the fact is that yes, with this high level of winning, he's gonna get offers. It's gonna happen. The question is, does he really want to do this now with his kids being there? His, or son's daughters there? Does he want to do this? That's what it boils down to. Money's not an issue for him. He just wants to build things, build programs. And yes, these programs that are open, Arizona State and others, they need an infusion. They need a shot in the arm. And Coach Sanders could be that. We'll see. But in terms of what he's doing at Jackson State, he's doing it at rapid speed. And the more he wins, the faster it's going to go. The question is, can our schools keep up with that and do some of those type of things? Roman Banks has talked about it on your show, just some of the improvements with the bond issue and some of the things that's going to happen at Southern. Is it happening as quick as it's happening at Jackson State? Not quite. It's going to happen, though. But, you know, not everyone can do it at the same pace. He just happens to be doing this in Jackson State administration and AD Ashley Robinson. They're making this stuff happen pretty quickly. But not every school, not every AD can make it happen as quickly as what Coach Sanders has made it. So that's what's got people spooked. That's what got coaches spooked. And I get it. I understand it. It's just a matter of you doing what you can do with your administration and your president and AD to try to get the best that you can, to get the best talent that you can, to be able to compete with what's happening at Jackson State right now.
0: Well, I don't I don't know if I can agree with coaches or spook. I think it's more of the fan bases. And um, just talking to some coaches off the record, they're, they're competitors. They want to win. They were winning before Coach Sanders got here. I think it's more of the, the 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 fans and the and the alumni because it, we're in this society now where they want to win and they want to win now, but there's always a process. Yeah, and, and just to be honest with you, just my opinion. Some may agree, some may disagree. His name and what he's done. His name. His name is moving some of these projects. To, to come online a little bit quicker his name two. He's Jackson state is winning and three when you're winning it's amazing how things just seem to be uh come easier but as a each institution all of us could use more resources practice facilities right uh what else you hear nutritional um personnel nutrition is for each and every sports but guess what that's what happens on the highest level so i think you have to know your place know where you are everybody can't do it at the same pace but what you can do is have a solid foundation and look what people are talking about now and and, and to a sad point We are talking about that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but we're still talking about it now. You just have a new group of people that are coming in and they're saying, we need to do this, we need to do that. And and, and they're right as far as facilities and coaching. But yeah, every coach that I've talked to, they're competitive. They're not spooked. They want the resources, they want uh, more money, To be able to pay assistant coaches, position coaches, all of that. It's a business. That's the thing now. Athletics is a big-time business. But, no, I'm not going to agree that the coaches are spooked. I'm going to say, yeah, the fans are spooked because they want that quick gratification. And believe it or not, if something happens and they go on a two-year losing streak where Coach Sanders is here, I know some will say that's not going to happen but it's a possibility. Could, then those yeah. same fans will turn on you. So it's the nature of the beast but
1: um go ahead. But well, let me answer this question Carlos. Okay, so if fans are spooked, what's going to happen? Fans are spooked, they're going to they're going to send text and emails to the AD, the provost and the president. And that stirs the mm-hmm. pot up some when that happens. When you get spooked, you know, you can't get to the head coach, but you're going to get to the, the boss of the head coach, the ADs and the presidents and the boards. Southern has a board. Mm-hmm. So if, if Dooley doesn't win at the level that they feel like they should be winning, what do you think's going to happen? They're, they're going to, they're you know, Roman Banks is going to get texts and calls and emails. And then the, the pocket's stirred mm-hmm. up. Let Hey, what are you going to do? You know, you got Jackson State way up here and you're still kind of stuck in the middle. So either they're going to run away with it or you got to speed it up. What, what do you do? You can't control what Jackson's going to do, but what do we need to do? What can we do? What has to happen? And that's, that's what happens. Yes, you're right. The fans do generate this narrative. But what fans do is what? They're going to, they're going to make calls and texts and inquiries to the powers that be to try to speed up something, to get something going right here and right now. And it doesn't happen right here and right now, but that's kind of what fans fans want to see immediate change. They're like, Well, if Coach Sanders, and you're right, his name is carrying a lot of weight, but mm-hmm. what can what can the Jaguar nation do? What can Roman Banks do? What can Dooley do? What can Tony Clayton do? I mean, I'm I am i am throwing it out there. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> Don't mention that name. He, 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 he's no longer he's no longer on the board, but I, I, I agree. with I'm
1: just university. I'm just saying he could probably make a phone call or two. I, I I agree. He's not on the board anymore, but he can still he can still but he can still do some things. But 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 my point is, when you have this type of thing right now, people are like, well, what can we what can we do to get there? What can what can my school do to help get to kind of where Jackson state is where it is right now. What can we do? They got a sand pit. They got to improve meeting facility, improve facilities. And we're still where we are. What needs to be done to even make it even closer to what it is, to what they've got going right now. I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a key point to me.
0: Well, I think you continue to support. You really do. Um, and we've, we've, we've heard and we've had the conversation about alumni and supporters. They can do more. But now, as far as facilities, yeah, they've had some progress to come online. But I'm sure if you ask Coach Sanders, he wants more. He, w- he wants more done. And then we're, we're talking about moving. When I say we, I don't like to say we, but the conversation is about moving up as a conference to – FBS, I think we got a long ways to go. Even with Jackson State, I think we got a long ways to go. We're not, and I say it again, we're not ready for that. It's other things that we don't look at. Scholarships, more scholarships. Insurance to the athletes. It's a lot more. And then as much as we talk about, and we can't compare oranges to apples, but the bigger schools, their fans complain. Locally, I listen to shows LSU, even when they win, they complain. I'm not talking about that. But they're not talking about, and some again, to have that thought in your head after one game. We talk about Coach Dueling now, but you still got more games. What, what happens if they run off seven or eight wins in a row? You know, teams that are winning, there, man, well, they go on the street. Well, I wouldn't go that far because Coach <laughs> Dooling is kind of a quiet, quiet, reserved guy.
1: <laughs> But um,
0: I, I think I think as a conference, we need to – and I know Dr. McClellan and I've heard they have a plan to address that when the time comes. But let's just try to be the best that we are now. Do we need work to be done? Yes. You know, I, the record against FCS opponents is not good. But, hey, kudos to Alcorn State. You know, Grandma State – put a, a good old-fashioned whipping on Northwestern State. Those are the kind of games that you have to continue to play and have success. Now, Charles, we didn't get into our picks. So we, we, we need to, to to get into our picks. Um, Mississippi Valley State at Jackson State. Easy. Jackson State wins it.
1: Yeah, Jackson J- Jackson State wins it.
0: All right, we're going to move on. Grambling State of Bethune-Cookman. <laughs> they have they, kicked it off already. Bethune is tough at home, I would think.
1: Um, who are you liking this one? I, I like Bethune-Cookman. I like what I saw from them last year. Um, I think Coach Sims has got that thing pointed in the right direction. It's still a struggle for Grambling right now. Good first half, but they got to build on it. Um, I've got I've got Bethune-Cookman winning down there.
0: Well, I'm going to take the opposite view, as much as it pains me. Gramlin State, I, I, I think last week they, they they saw they were able to do some good things and compete for having then it got away from them. I, I think they learned a lesson, and they make adjustments, and they come in and win a close one. How about that one? Um, Texas Southern University, of Texas San Antonio, they're playing up mentally. Are they going to still be thinking about that huge victory last week Coaches, emotional, players, social media, you know, very excited. I take University of Texas-San Antonio, and I don't think it's going to be close.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think until if Texas Southern's hitting the mouth early, then it's going to be over early. But, um, and I think they're going to be riding high. They feel like they can compete uh, for time, but I think it's just too much. I think emotionally Texas Southern might be a little spin a little bit after that big win, Texas-San Antonio.
0: Oh, okay, that's no no surprise there. Alabama A&M and them, Florida and them. I, I think it's the game of the week in the conference. Uh, FAMU had a rough early beginning with off the field issues, on field issues. Do they? Uh, did they recover from the, the Jackson State uh, beating? And then they struggle against a very good Albany State team. That boy. They probably could move up if everything gets right uh, to Division I on all levels. Uh, Alabama and m M&M struggling, some slight improvement. They played up a couple of times. FAMU is at home, of course. I'm going to take the home team, and I think both teams are going to want to make it a track meet, but I think FAMU gets it done over Alabama
1: A&M. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not impressed with anything A&M has done right now. I mean, they play Troy tough. Uh, maybe their defense is a little bit better, but offensively, still a work in progress. I do think FAMU's found a little something offensively. Um, I think FAMU will win it going away.
0: FAMU going away. Ooh, I don't know about going away, but I, I've gotten winning. Prairie View a and them at Alabama State. Prairie View and them, a very physical team defensively and Held and word were 31 points, <laughs> which they came in very explosive. Um, I'm going to take Prairie View on the road. Because of their defense and their physicality, I'm going to take Prairie View in, in this ball game.
1: Charles? Yes. I think this could be the game of the week. Um, I think very well this, you know, you got the division champs, Bama State coach, Eddie Robinson Jr., that team – you know they've won some tough games. They won the the, the Miack challenge. It's gonna be a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with Preview though. I think they've got a little bit more experience. I think Bama State, even though they're playing well right now, trying to learn how to win these big games. I think it's a big test. I think Preview wins. I'm going with the Panthers in this game. It's, I think it's gonna be a really good game. It's one. It's gonna be a good chess match, I think. But at the end of the day, I do have Preview a slight edge, maybe by three or four points, winning this game.
0: Now And usually the team at home is at least worth three points. So I think it it will be close, but uh, I I just like Prairie View's uh, physicality. Very physical. And defensively, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Last game, HBCU go TV, 6 p.m. Arkansas Pine Bluff at Allcorn State. I hear everyone talking about – they're worried about uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, but I I think – if you do check check the boxes, all Corn State defensively, they've been very impressive to me. Throw out the two-lane game, but they are good defensively. And I think Pine Bluff has struggled defensively. You know, Lane, they gave up a lot of points to Lane, 42, I believe. Um, and yeah. Lane is a good, good team of building, you know, they're building their program with the, their coach there. But I, I think all they, they defense will be the tall tale of this football game, and I, I like them winning this against UAPB. I'm, all, I'm, I'm willing to say by 17 points plus winning.
1: Mm, that's interesting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think that's been the foundation all week long. Like there was 39-38 last year. I think it's going to be a similar game this year. Uh, unless our defense can pick up where it left off against McNeese. Ten sacks last week. If they do that, I think the Braves will blow them out of the water. But I, I think with Skylar Perry, he's a heady, smart quarterback. I think he can find his receivers. He can beat you with his legs. He can spray the ball around. And one thing, Carlos, you talk about special teams. UAPB on special teams has two of the best. They're number one in punt and kickoff return yards. That's going to be huge in terms of, uh, in terms of field position, they're averaging over 40 yards per kickoff return. They're averaging almost 30 yards per punt return. And if they have a short field with Skylar Perry and a veteran quarterback, our defense is really going to have to come with it. But we're going to be minus K.J. Kinsler on the back end for the first half. He was, you know, he had a targeting call. He'll miss the first half today. Um, you also have Clark Cherluis, who will be out for this game. Our defensive coordinator texted me last night. He's out for this game. Got another guy on the back end that was good last week until he got hurt. He's out. So we're shorthanded a little bit on the defensive side. So that's something we'll have to keep in mind as we roll along in this game. But we're at home. It's the first division game. And I I do think we'll be ready. A lot of kids in the stands. It'll be a good crowd for a 6 o'clock game. The Braves need this game. They really do. Because I think Fred McNair has probably made it clear to his team what happened down in Arlington. Hey, don't, don't let a game like this trip you up at home. Because the Braves will be in the same boat that Southern is in right now. Not saying it's the end of the world, but it's going to be tough if you lose a division game, especially at home with what we got coming up. So I think the Braves will be ready. I think last week's game is a huge momentum, you know, builder for Alcorn, good with confidence. I think Aaron Allen is getting more comfortable, you know, in this offensive scheme. Got to run the ball a little bit more. You know, we're averaging 4.7 yards a carry, got to continue to do those things. Offensive line has to continue to to do well in block. Uh, So I think at home, I think you have to give the Braves a little bit of an edge. But I do think it will be an exciting game, though, for sure.
0: And and let me say this. It it will. um, Everyone who is watching, appreciate you in the chat room. Interesting conversation going on. Theo Quest, good afternoon now. Uh, Chuck Hunt, appreciate you. Uh, Felton DeRuyn, Sr., He said, good morning, good afternoon uh, to you. Of course, uh, let's see, Aaron Ross, that's my cousin. Hey, cuz, I'll deal with you later, (laughs) cuz. Oh, wow, my nephew is watching. Taylor Brown, the bad boy. He's a bad boy of the Brown clan. He disagrees with everything I say. I guess that's a good thing, (laughs) Charles. Michael Cavalier, by the way, we're going to talk uh, just briefly, real quick, about the Saints and, and their game against the Carolina Panthers. For personal reasons, I want the Saints to whoop up on Carolina. Uh, Michael Cavalier, appreciate you watching. Albert Turner, good afternoon. James Walton Hill, Walter Hill Jr., appreciate you uh, watching. Greg Johnson, appreciate you. Uh, w. Sherman Miller, core Knight, appreciate you watching as well. Troy Franklin, who else? Derek Carson, appreciate you uh, watching. Charles the Saints, and uh, I'm going back to the theme again. Maybe, maybe I should just don't look at social media.
1: It's important. <laughs> it's a good
0: thing. But now Winston, who's uh, James Winston, who's playing with uh, four fractures in his back. Uh, They lost to Tampa Bay. It was a melee, just bad. And we know who the culprit is. Number 13 for Tampa Bay is always doing some shenanigans. We'll see you again. We will see you again. But um, all that to say this, a lot of people want to replace him. The backup quarterback is the most popular guy for the Saints. But defensively, Charles, they played very well. It was 3-3 in the majority of the game, and then it got away from them. But uh, fan bases are brutal these days, I guess. Instant gratification, one loss. One and one, a big game tomorrow against uh, Carolina. And by the way, your team, they got spanked the first game. It's still a lot of football left to be
1: played. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, where, 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 where do I want to start? Do I want to start with the Rams don't, or do I want to start with the Saints? Let me, let me. Don't start tell with me the you're going to be brutally I, honest. I'm going to be brutally honest on both. On, on Look, I'm a Rams fan, true and blue, but you know, just let's just, let's just put the Rams on the shelf for right now. Let's talk about the Saints, you know, for Jameis Winston. I mean, the couple of picks that he had that pick six was really brutal and, You know, you you didn't have Kamara last week. That was huge. Um, Jameis is one hit away from, you know, it may be over. I'm not saying that. I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, when you have that happen with his back and all that, that's not good. And so the Saints got to figure out a way. They got to run the football. Um, Defense hung tough. They can hang their head on that. But if they don't get this game tomorrow, because you don't know what you're going to get from Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker is Baker. Baker. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know. So I, li- I, I like so, him. I, I, well, Baker is Baker. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. You could get a 300 yard, 400 yard game and five touchdowns, or you could get a three, a 250 yard game and five turnovers or four interceptions. You don't know with Baker. Got a new lease on life in Carolina. Um, if the Saints don't win this game, then you got to ask yourself some questions. So we'll see what happens. I do think the Saints will, will will toughen up and will bounce back. Now, as far as the Rams are concerned, and I'm going to be brutally honest, I'm very concerned about the Rams. I I I really am. The Rams seem to turn it on and turn it off when they want to. They're up 28 to 3 against Atlanta, and I'm getting I'm watching the game. I'm getting ready to turn the channel. I'm thinking, "Okay, this one's in the bag." And next thing you know, <laughs> the next thing you know, it's a one-score game and they got the football. And I just question Sean McVay's play calling at times. Wait a minute, Sean. Yes, Charles. sir. Yes, sir. Wait a yes, sir. minute, you know, sir.
0: You know what it is? Let me say this. You know what it is? It's called what? the year after winning the Super Bowl, and you're going to get everybody shot. Wait a minute. This is the same coach with his play call. Here we go again. Questioning his play well, I did question uh, Sean Payton's play callings at times, but um, that's what that is. They're you're gonna up, get everybody shot.
1: You're at, you're up twenty eight to three, and you're still throwing the ball all over the yard. I mean, it was twenty eight to seventeen in the fourth quarter. It was a third and six or something like that, and third and eight, third and short. It was third and like four, and you're throwing the football. Come on, man, run the football. I mean, we're still, I'm still concerned about this running attack with Cam Akers. He's a very good back. But the Rams just won't do it, and and then you're putting this defense in bad positions. Aaron Donald, you, he's getting older by the second. We we kind of see that this defense they can make plays when the time comes. Now Jalen Ramsey made the play of the game. There's no question. When it's time to bow up, they can bow up. The Super Bowl number one, Atlanta number two. I get that, but why are you making it so hard on yourself? You're up 28 to three. It should have been 28 to 10, maybe 28 to 17. I think I think the Rams turn it on and turn it off when they want to. I think when they shut it down, they shut it down. You know, they shut it down. So I'm concerned. I'm con- They got Arizona coming up. You saw what you saw what Arizona did against the Raiders. Come on now. Let's 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 not fool ourselves here. If the Rams play around with it like they did in the second half against Atlanta, they're gonna lose tomorrow. So I'm being brutally honest. I love my Rams. I'm gonna stick with them. But a lot of stuff has to change, and I think, the, I think Sean McVay gets too cute sometimes with his play calling. He's a great play caller, dynamic. But, you know, there's another play caller we had who coached for the Rams. His name was Mike Martz. Greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner and Isaac Holt and Marshall Falk and all of that. And sometimes Mike Martz got too doggone cute trying to show off that he can score 50 points a game. You don't need that. You're not going to do that every week. Run the doggone football. Take time off the clock. That's what the Rams could have done. That's what they should have done. They didn't do that. They allowed Atlanta to get back in the game. Marcus Mariota making plays, and he did it against the Saints. They just couldn't finish the game. Come on now. You got Kyler Murray, who the Rams haven't been able to catch yet. So come on. Let's let's call it what it is. I love my Rams. I want to see them win, but I am very concerned. Their punter, the punter got banged up last week. That's going to be something we might have to look at. But I am very concerned about the Rams. Super Bowl champs, that's over with. That's done. The ring is on the shelf. Yes, you're gonna get every team's best shot. That's even more reason. That's even more reason to play better football because you're gonna lose some of these games. You should have lost last week after leading twenty-eight to three.
0: Now do you feel better, Charles? You got you was able to get that off your chest. I was glad to be able to help you. By the way, I'm getting text messages. I'm not getting too excited, but Valley has scored first over Jackson State. That is the reason why you have to play every week. You can't take anybody for granted. I still say Jackson State wins this ball game going away. But with that being said, you're going to get everybody's best shot. The Rams are getting everybody's best shot. You can't read the – press clippings you can't read the newspaper everyone's telling you how great you are and you you don't win games by people telling you how great y'all you are. you got to go out and get it done week well, in i don't want to look three or four d- weeks ahead i don't want to lo- yeah. look three or four weeks behind in the moment win the week
1: now yeah. we gotta wrap well, this I up mean- yeah, yeah, if you got to wrap it up, you know, we talked about Jackson State. I mean, just go back to Tennessee State, low-scoring game. They had to grind that one out. And you won first half against Grambling, struggle. Been struggling a little bit at the start here. So I don't know if this is something to worry about. If you're Charles Bishop and a JSU fan, I don't know. But it's something, something just to take a look at here as we roll forward.
0: Charles, I am so confident that Jackson State will win. I'm going to go on record right now. I'll go on a fast, a hunger strike if Jackson State loses this ball game. I don't see it happening. Is it a wake-up <laughs> call? Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Valley plays everybody tough. Yeah. But it's so early. Jaguar Nation, as we close, chill out. And when I say Jaguar Nation, once again, I'm not talking about everybody. It was embarrassing. It was a bad loss. But you got to move forward. And again, yeah. when you go on social media, you can, you, it, constructive criticism is all right. Yeah. But when you talk silly things about replacing a coach, and it was a few of them, after one game, you're silly. You're really silly. And yeah. remember the example I gave the Odoms Disciples. And I call you because you still, i talk to you every other day you're still there he's gone don't worry about it anymore he had a good record he did well but he didn't start well so remember that example four and five that first year next two years you get to the swag championship and, of course, that was stuff Mitchell's talent, of course. Um, let's put that caveat in there as well. But the, the, the moral is stand by these kids and the student athletes. And at the end of three or four years, you take a look back and see where you're at. If it's a championship, a winning record, then you make a decision as administration. But, Charles, you talked about fans and how they are. They can make calls and stuff. But ultimately, it goes back to the athletic director who made the call, who made the decision. And I still, oh, Melanie, I don't know if you can put up the graphic, but I still trust in Coach Dooley. I'm still supporting him and that staff and the young men. Hey, it hurts, but overcome adversity. That is the big thing. That is the big thing.
1: He he's the right man for the job, Carlos. I mean, I know right now we're in this moment and we're still, fans are still spe- stewing about losing to Texas Southern last week. You know, you'll have to get over that. But I still yeah, think, over it. I do believe Dooley is the right guy for the job. It was a bad day at the office. They didn't score. The defense held tough. They got to make corrections and adjustments because you got a tough two games at home. And sometimes, Carlos, those are the toughest games coming off a loss like this. Because now there's pressure yeah. to win at home because the assumption is you're supposed to win at home. You don't assume anything in sports because I guarantee you, whatever, regardless of what happens with Pine Bluff today here, they're going to be ready to play next week. And in two weeks, we're going to be ready to play uh, when it comes to well, three weeks. We're going to be ready to play when we go down there because you all beat us at the horn last year. So you can't take anything for granted. You gotta play even so and Carlos, you talked about it with Southern baseball, just the pressure of playing at home and winning at home. Coming off a loss like this and coming home, you know, it's gonna be a lot of thinking going on, you know, with the players. And when you play sports and you're thinking instead of reacting, that's tough. So this is this is a critical this is an important time. I said critical, but it's important for Southern to get back on track. We'll see. But it's definitely you know you got to move past this a tough game for Dooley and you've got to get past this and I think
0: they will. One week at a time, one week at a time. On that note, want to thank uh, Charles Evan, the guest here. We only had one, um, but we appreciate him. Also, Melody, uh, producer, we appreciate appreciate her as well, and everybody who watched. On today's Carlos Brown show. Make sure you tune in every Saturday. Most of the time. At 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, Subscribe, share, like. Black College College Sports Network, Carlos Brown show. On all social media platforms. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. As always, peace. And God bless.